Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, then you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know, they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about well, totes? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable, this weekly live call-in show about atheism and agnosticism and a whole bunch of other things. Flow into your host stream of consciousness every week here on Blog Talk Radio at 11 p.m. on Sundays. To call the show when it's live, you call. Uh, you call 347-838-8342 to be part of the show when it's live, although I probably won't be taking any calls tonight because I've got a the entire show taken up with a call that I've previously recorded. Otherwise, you can always leave me a voicemail at 765-280-3066. That's the voicemail line for the Atheist Roundtable, or you can always email me at andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. But uh, before we get into the meat of the show tonight, which is my phone call with the guy at Gospel Billboards, I wanted you guys to all know that if you're that you, if you're thinking, when is the next great awesome atheist conference that I need to get to? The answer to that question is PastaCon. PastaCon in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, September 11th through the 13th. PastaCon 2015, that's the Pennsylvania State Atheist Humanist Alliance Conference. This year's speakers and entertainers will include Aaron Raw, Shelly Segal, Matt Dillhunty, the barroom atheists, Worth the price of admission just to see the barroom atheists, George Rabb, Seth Andrews, Victor Harris, Sarah Moorhead, and many, many more to get information and to purchase your tickets now because they are going fast. Go over to atheistpa.org. That's atheistpa.org. Get your tickets now for PastaCon September 11th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. There's a billboard in my town. There's a billboard in my town that says that they have evidence for God. And all you have to do in order to get that evidence for God is call them at 855-4-TRUTH. Well, I did, and I called. And the entire conversation took about an hour and ten minutes, so I had to break it up into three shows. Tonight's going to be part one. Part two is going to be Thursday at 11 p.m., and part three will be next Sunday's show at 11 p.m. at its normal time. But let's get started with part one with my call to Gospel Billboards. This is Kurt with Gospel Billboards. Who am I speaking with, please? Hi, my name is Andrew. Andrew. Well, thank yeah. you for calling. This is Kurt again. So, what prompted you to call this evening? So, so there's a billboard. You guys happen to have a billboard in in, in town. Uh, um, and and I, have to, I have to be honest. I don't remember what the billboard said. I could barely remember the 855 number took me a week to figure out what it was because that's how bright I am. Um, and, and, and let me just... Which, which town did you see this billboard in? Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute. Okay. Alright. You, you probably know which billboard. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, so, uh, but, but, before, but before we get too far, 
I, I think I think what it was, it was something like there is evidence for God, or something like that. I think that's what the billboard said. Maybe that was it. I, you know, okay. you know, sometimes you ever find yourself just losing things out of your head as you get older. Sometimes that happens to me. Anyway, it was probably there. There is evidence for God, and so let me let me just come clean quickly before I waste a whole bunch of your time because I want to let you know that I'm an atheist and I don't think that there is sufficient evidence for God. So I uh, I was wondering why you think there is evidence for God. Okay, I'll be glad to talk to you about that. Um, if you saw that billboard. If that's the billboard you really saw, and you said you weren't certain that, that that's the one, but uh, there would have been on that billboard a picture. Okay. Do you recall that there was a picture on that billboard? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. There was also a there was also a Bible verse on that billboard. Okay. The Bible verse is, is uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Have you ever read the Bible? I have. Okay. And so are you familiar with the book of Romans? Sure. I think the, uh, I think the verse you're referring to says something about uh, God has written something on everyone's heart or something to that effect. It's been a while. Okay. All right. Here's the verse that, that I'm going to refer to, Romans 1, verse 20. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And that verse is telling us that, that because of the witness of creation, every individual has evidence of God, the invisible God. They're clearly seen. That they're they're understood by the things that are made. That's humans, even His eternal power and Godhead. So the creation screams at us that there is a Creator, there is God the Creator behind all of this. That that's a part of the evidence that exists for God. Okay, so. Uh, we'll we'll put the Bible to the side for a moment because because I, I I'd much rather talk about uh, uh, what 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 you see, what you see as evidence in in creation. I think that's that's a bit more interesting than going down the Bible route. Um, so, uh, what is it in in nature that is that 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 should be screaming evidence of God um, to me? that I'm not hearing. Okay. All right. If you just, if you just, I'm, you know, I don't care what part of nature you want to take, but just take a tree, for example. You know, that's a pretty simple thing. There's trees all around. And just take a tree and consider the tree. The tree came from a seed. That seed came from a tree. That tree came from a seed. And so on, you can trace this thing back. And, and one tree looks like the tree that produced the seed uh, that, that it came from. And, and that tree looked like, you know, you can just go right on back with that. Uh, there's, you know, there's clear evidence that, that uh, maple trees produce maple trees, for example. Uh, uh. And at some point in time, something had to happen to bring 
could it happen except there would be some designer that designed these marvelous plants that we call maple trees. I, I guess I'm I guess I'm just lost at why um, why we would think that a maple tree would require a designer. Okay. Maple trees came from seedlings or from seeds that came from maple trees. Okay. So, so you know, maple trees are maple trees, and they're clearly distinguished. But between them, we can clearly distinguish between maple trees and oak trees, for example. Um, okay, so I, I, I guess I don't, I, I'm not following why that necessitates a designer. Okay, well, what is the alternative? Uh, well, pretend I don't have an alternative. So what? Okay. So, I mean, the like, there's a, I, I don't know how often you get to talk to atheists um, but uh-huh. there, there, there's something that uh, that if you do talk to atheists you'll get confronted an awful lot with something called an argument from ignorance and what that means is that if I can't provide a rebuttal to uh, then that doesn't mean that uh, that a designer is likely what I'm asking for is why we think we need a designer, not, and, and whether or not I can come up with an alternative to a designer, has no bearing to the fact that you've asserted that there's a designer, and I'm I'm looking for a, for a way to 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 come behind that, and to and to and to realize why you think there's a designer, and my lack of being able to come up with an alternate answer. Even though I think I might have one, uh, is is irrelevant to uh, to to your claim that maple trees necessitate some form of design. Um, I, I think I, I don't think that there is a good reason to think that's true. Okay, Andrew. You asked for me to pretend that you didn't have an alternative. Now you sure. need to understand that I'm not very good at pretending. Okay. I I'm not I'm not chasing down a, a path of pretense. I'm going to speak about truth. And and so just understand that I'm that I'm not going to go down a path of, of pretending. So perhaps you don't have an alternative. Okay. If I see a leaf laying on the ground, I I can determine whether or not that's a leaf from a maple tree. Okay. Leaves from maple trees have their own unique characteristics, leaf design and so forth. And and every leaf from every maple tree looks like a maple tree leaf. Every leaf from an oak tree, every oak tree, looks like an oak tree leaf. There's a great deal of order in the creative 
cosmos that we live in. Do you, do, do you think that maybe we might be confusing the map for the place? And, and, and what I mean by that is that if I had a, a map of the United States and I pointed to it and said, look, there's New York. That's what I'm pointing at is not really New York. It's, it's, a, it's a representation of the location of New York on a map. All right, so, and, and that, that's, that's what I mean here. So when, when we say that maple leaves look like maple leaves, it's because we've determined that this particular tree has this particular leaf, and this is the way we're going to identify it. The way we're going to identify this particular tree is by this particular leaf. Um, and, and that's what I mean by pointing to a, you know, point, pointing to a map and confusing the map with the place. You know, that's not, that, that, that's not a New York, that's a representation of New York. Okay, that's, that, that, that leaf, we've determined, we, we people, okay, have uh, categorized trees by the shape of their leaves with different names, oak, cherry, maple, whatever, right? Um, do, do, do you think that we're confusing the, the map for the place? Okay, so, so if that's true, then what do maple trees represent? If I point to a maple tree and you say that's only a representation of something, what is that maple tree representing? Uh, uh, no, no, uh, I, 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 maybe I phrased, maybe I phrased that poorly. Uh, uh, what I mean is uh, when you say that maple trees always produce maple leaves or something like that, and it, it, correct me if I'm misstating what you said, uh, things fall out of my head. I started this call off with that, so, so that's still true. Um, uh, when, when you say that maple trees produce maple leaves, uh, that's what I mean by mistaking the the map for the place that the reason maple trees produce maple leaves is because we've used the leaves to identify the tree that, that that's the metaphor I'm, I'm not saying that trees are representations of you know I don't know whatever whatever I don't I, I, I don't know um, all, all I mean is that uh, one of one of the ways we classify trees, you know, we classify trees a whole bunch of ways. But one of the ways we do that is by the shape of their leaves, and um, the reason that we see that is because that's how we've classified that. Um, if if maple trees always produce different kinds of leaves, we'd have we'd be forced then to find a different way to categorize trees. Am, am, I, am I more clear? Well. Not, not greatly, at least. Uh, maple but, uh, tree, maple leaves still hang on maple trees, and so, so to say that a maple leaf then represents something else, I'm not sure what you're saying that that maple leaf represents. So uh, uh, let me let, let me let me try to move the analogy to something else that hopefully will translate, but I suck at this, so you'll have to forgive me, because I suck. Um, uh, uh, let's, let's say 
that uh, we classified, um, uh, man, I suck at this. Uh, let, let, what, what, what if every, um, what, what, if we, what if we looked at a zebra? And you know, like no two zebra stripes are the same, right? But like we thought that zebra stripes should always be a particular pattern. And what we found, actually, was that we couldn't find, after we had zebra one, and we expected to find another zebra with a precisely the same pattern and then couldn't find one because that's not a real thing. Uh, we, we didn't really find a classification then, right? Because we only found a one, if, if hopefully I'm making sense. So then we had to change the way, we would have to change the way we categorize this, this thing, this animal, because we did not find a way to properly categorize the thing within a group of things, right? I mean, you and I will probably agree that although maple leaves always conform to a particular kind of pattern-like thing, not every maple leaf is precisely identical, right? And so, so we had we couldn't expect to find a carbon copy of a maple leaf on another maple tree, but we'd have to expand it somewhat broadly. And what I'm trying to say here, when when I when I when I was trying to say when I made the map place analogy, is that whether we're talking about zebras and stripes or leaves and trees, we're talking about classifications of stuff that have been made by people, like maps have been made by people, to represent a group of things, right, and the reason that we're able to group them together, you know, this, this grouping that we have is arbitrary based on characteristics that we perceive to be shared amongst a group. Uh, the representation on the map is useful because it shows where it is in comparison to other places that perhaps we might be able to, to, to know. You know, we might be able to know where we are on that map and therefore be able to figure out how we're going to get to New York. Okay, just, just as an example. I don't know. How am I doing? Hey, Andrew. Are you still there? Yeah, I got a call waiting. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> just ignore that. <laughs> I'll call them back. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there is a book, and that book's called the Bible, and the Bible clearly tells us how maple trees and zebras and every other living thing came into existence, and the Bible clearly tells us that, that uh, these classifications that you referred to were not really arbitrary because God brought these beasts before the first man that he created, and the Bible clearly says that Adam named the creatures. So why do we think the Bible is true? Well, what's your alternative? The Bible is not true. Okay, and what makes you think it's not true? 
I see no reason to think it is true. Okay. Well, I see abundant reason to think that it is true. Well, I asked you to give me a reason why you thought that trees necessitated a designer, and you and you didn't give me one of those. Okay. Because, well, let me just go back to that then. I thought I gave you the answer, but I can try again. The, the trees, maple trees look like maple trees, and, and oak trees look like oak trees. And to some sort of casual observer that's just driving down the road, not paying attention, they might not notice the difference between maple trees and oak trees. But if we, if we were, if we were uh, observant and and uh, used intelligence, we could distinguish that oak trees and maple trees are quite different from each other because they were designed that way. Every maple tree. No, no maple tree looks like an oak tree. So, but so, but so obviously there is some there is something that brought these trees into being. There's no crosses between oak trees and maple trees, for example. So, so it's obvious just by looking at the at the evidence of these two two kinds of trees and the multi multitude of trees that are maple trees and the multitude that are that are oak trees, it's obvious that there is some sort of intelligence behind this, some sort of careful crafting behind these trees. Uh, uh, okay, I, I have to be honest with you here. I do not find the fact that there are different kinds of trees to be convincing at all that there is a designer. What you would have to do in order to convince me that there that, that trees were designed is demonstrate how they were designed. What 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 is it about a tree that looks designed? And I, I, I don't I don't know if that's possible. Um, and and just just to save you the step, I don't think that it's possible because the way that we generally recognize design is by comparing it with that which occurs naturally, um, by contrasting it with things that occur naturally. For, for, for example, you, you can't see me because we're on the phone, but I'm wearing eyeglasses, all right? It's, it's pretty common. Lots of people wear eyeglasses. These are not natural, okay? These were designed by people uh, by an eye doctor, actually, uh, to to uh, specifically for my defunct eyes to be able to see properly. You, you, you know what I mean? Uh, the eyes that are in my head um, that are natural don't see right. That's why I wear these things on my face. Um, uh, and, and so we we recognize design by contrasting it to things that occur naturally. I, I find it would be difficult to appeal to nature to find design when that's what we tend to use as, um, as the contrast to see design, to identify design. 
Now, could you repeat that again? You find it difficult to what? So, what, the way that we generally identify something that's designed, right? So, so uh, a story that I hear a lot, right? A story I hear a lot is if you found a watch lying on a beach, right? You wouldn't assume that it, that the watch assembled itself uh, by itself. That a, that a watch has uh, properties that are uh, intrinsic of design. Right. Okay. And I agree. I agree that watches are designed. I, I, I agree that watches are designed by people. That's kind of why I use the uh, the analogy of the glasses on my face because they are literally on my face right now. Um, uh, uh, we identify, and the way that we identify that the watch is designed, and the way that we identify that my glasses on my face are designed, um, is by comparing it to things that occur naturally, like trees or zebras or whatever. Um, and so I think that it is it would be difficult or uh, nigh impossible to use nature as a um, as a as a uh, as an example of design. If nature, if nature, held the hallmarks of design that we find in eyeglasses or watches or cell phones or whatever, then a rock or a tree or a zebra would would would, would we, we wouldn't be able to use we wouldn't be able to use this comparison. This comparison would be would be silly. It would be like comparing the design of a watch to a design of eyeglasses. Um, and we and that's that, but that's how we identify what's designed and what's not by comparing it to things that occur naturally. Man, I took too long to explain that. See, my brain's falling out. Okay, Andrew, you said you're from Terre Haute. Is that correct? Yes. Or you're at you're at Terre Haute. Uh, yes. Okay. Has the sun gone down there? Uh, yes. It's now dusk. Okay. And. You kind of expected the sun would go down, I suppose. Uh, sure. It's an illusion, but yeah, it's it, it, it looks like it's gone down. Okay. You you knew when sundown would occur, um, and you would expect that sunrise will occur tomorrow morning. Am I right? Yes. Okay. And you could even predict. Precisely when sunrise will occur. Okay. Is that correct? Sure. All right. Now, why can you do that? We know the speed of the rotation of the Earth and the angle at which the sun hits the surface of the Earth. Okay. And it's very predictable. Correct? No. Sure. And the reason it's very predictable is because Somewhere there was design that caused this predictable occurrence. Why do you think it was designed? How else did it come into existence? Pretend I can't answer that. Well, I told you I'm not very good at pretending. Okay. How about this? I'll say I can't answer that. Okay. You can't answer that or you refuse to answer that? I don't feel the urge to answer that. 
it doesn't it doesn't matter what my answer is, right? Because if you're going to make the claim that the sun goes up, the sun goes down, there's a pattern to that, and I can't explain that. That doesn't mean that it's designed. You have to actually provide evidence. If you're going to say that there is proof that God exists, then you can't rely on my ignorance in order to prove that God exists. That, that's what the argument okay, now, from ignorance means. You're relying on my I ignorance did, in order to prove I your point. Say, I did not say that there's proof that God exists. I said there's evidence that God exists. Okay. And, and you just got finished saying that you were choosing to not answer my questions. And so how can you and I, in the interest of arriving at truth and having a civil conversation, how can you and I ever come to any kind of conclusion together if one of us chooses not to answer? Well, because I have the questions. You have the answers. All right, I'm looking for your evidence for God. Okay? Okay. Coming to the right. table, I have no belief in any gods. So I need for someone, somewhere, to provide me with a reasonable, uh, to, to provide me with a reason, a good reason, for thinking a God exists, okay? And you can't do that by relying okay. on my ignorance. Okay. Well, thank you for saying that you have a need for this. I think that is right. You, you really do have a need. You have a need to know God. You have a need to consider the evidence that God exists. I haven't heard it you yet. Need, you have a need for a Savior, actually, and, and you may not know this, Andrew, but you do. You have a need. You have a need for hope. And that's the, you see, that's the blessed thing that a child of God has. We have hope. We have a risen, we have a resurrected and ascended Lord, and, and we have hope of eternal life. With, with God the Creator, God the Redeemer. And so you're right. You know, you do need this. You, you do need this. Well, that's the end of part one with my uh, conversation with Gospel Billboards. You're going to be able to hear part two this Thursday evening at 11 p.m. I'm going to have a special episode in the middle of the week so that you can hear part two. Part three is going to air next Sunday. Yes, you did just hear in part one him use both a look at the trees and sun goes up, sun goes down. And I'm afraid it doesn't get a whole lot better from there, but you definitely want to listen. Yes, definitely want to. So until next time, thanks for joining me. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to Andrew the Atheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided as always by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves.